it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. If you haven't heard of Gloss Genius and are serious about improving your beauty business, I suggest you check it out. Gloss Genius has become one of the industry's leading booking, marketing, and payment apps, and is the only one that's smart, stylish, and here to support you. Tens of thousands of independent and small teams across salons or spas nationwide trust Gloss Genius to help them run their business. We can see why. You get beautiful, customized booking websites, easy client marketing tools, and the lowest fees on built-in payments and many more features for one low monthly price. The best part is that the Business Beauty Network podcast listeners get 20% off your monthly subscription, which makes your subscription under $20 per month. On top of that, the team at Gloss Genius will move all of your client info over, any notes, upcoming appointments, and services for free within a couple of days of signing up. To sign up for Gloss Genius, download the Gloss Genius app in your phone on the App Store and enter the code BBNBOSS. That's BBNBOSS. You will find more information in the show notes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's a new day, a new week, and a new episode of the Business Beauty Network podcast. Welcome, welcome. Happy Monday. I'm super, super excited to share today's episode with you. Before we get into the awesome content, I want to make sure that you are subscribed wherever you're listening. Also, share the podcast as well because sharing is caring. So share the podcast with anyone that you think this content would add value to. And follow me as well on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I would love to connect with you there. Screenshot and share in the stories your favorite episode. And I'll definitely tag you and share back and all of those great things. And did you know that we are now on YouTube? Yes, that's right. The Business Beauty Network podcast is on YouTube. So you can now view some of our live interviews right there at Biz Beauty Network. Make sure you subscribe and share the YouTube channel as well. We have some great content in store for you today, but in honor of Black History Month, I want to share my quote of the day. If you're always trying to be normal, you will never know how amazing you can be. Maya Angelou. And I want to repeat that again. If you're always trying to be normal, you will never know how amazing you can be. And that's by Maya Angelou. I wanted to repeat that because... I struggled for many years to try to be normal, to try to fit in. And I realized that I just wasn't normal and I wasn't going to fit in. And when I was able to just be true to myself and stop trying to fit in, that's when I became more of a happier person. And it took me a long time to do that. And so I encourage you to stop trying to be normal, right? Stop trying to be normal and be yourself and be the amazing person that God created you to be. You don't have to be like anybody else. He made us all uniquely different. And that's what's great about it. And that's what you bring to the table is you. That's what makes it stand out is you. That's what makes you stand out, you, because there's no one else like you, right? So don't be afraid to to be you, and stop trying to be normal because what is that, right? What is normal, right? You you don't have to be normal. All you have to do is be yourself. And I just really want to encourage you of that on today. Also, I want to give you my affirmation for today as well. My affirmation because February is love month and today is Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to you. I encourage you to do more of what you love. And my affirmation is I am free to do what I love. I share that because for many years, I wasn't free to do what I love. I didn't feel like I could do what I love. And I didn't allow myself to do what I love because I was afraid that I wouldn't be accepted doing it, right? But when you're able to just be true to yourself and be who you truly are and follow what you love and lead with what you love, you'll be happier and you will attract more people anyway. So I encourage you to do that on today. But let's get into today's episode. I have a great, great interview in store for you. Had an awesome conversation with Ego Iwegbu of The Good Mineral. 
Echo is the co-founder and CEO of The Good Mineral. She first started her business in 1999 when she founded a nail salon, Nail Haven. She went on to open five nail salons and ended up writing a book about her experiences and the two books, Open Your Own Salon the Right Way and Kickstart Your Salon Profit, which sold over 15,000 copies. These days, she is focused on helping other women build businesses, especially the ones who find themselves in difficult circumstances. She has a phenomenal story, a wealth of knowledge, and she really shared her journey to building a successful salon business. And I think you're really going to learn a lot from her journey. And here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Ego Iwegu. Welcome, Ego. Brandi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. I'm super, super excited to chat with you on today. So before we learn about you and all the awesome things you're doing with your business, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Oh my goodness. What is that? Okay. Uh, most people would not know that I'm actually desperately shy. Really? On the outside, nobody thinks I'm shy because I just do what I do. But the seven-year-old girl is still somewhere in there and I am desperately shy. <laughs> I understand. I understand that. So I had to overcome that because the business that I'm in doesn't, doesn't allow for shyness. And uh, it's my passion to be in the beauty business. So I had to overcome that in that inner person. So how did you work on that? Like your confidence, do you have a secret for that? Um, sometimes I just, uh, you know how, do you remember ages ago, I think it was Beyonce said that uh, on, uh, when she's not on stage, she's Beyonce. And then when she's on stage, she's Sasha Fierce. Sasha, yeah. I remember when I first heard that, I remember thinking that's what I is that I do. I do that. I become somebody else, uh, or I forget, you know, my other side, uh, when I'm actually in front of people. So I just, yeah. it's like a facade. It's not a facade. It's like a, oh, I don't know. It's, a, it's another persona, if you like. It's, it's like your, your stage character, right? Yeah, I stage I totally, character. I totally get that. Um, and I get that with Beyonce, because if you see her talk, she is very reserved and kind of shy. But when you see her on stage, it's like a totally different person. Fire, oh, fire. Yes, yes. So I can totally <laughs> see that for sure. Well, thanks for sharing that. Thanks. <laughs> You always have to overcome your little shortcomings. So tell us about your beauty story. Like, how did you get into this industry? So I am basically a born entrepreneur. I uh, come from a very academic family and um, I studied up until my degree. I did a mathematics degree. And so the likelihood of me opening uh, salons was very slim. But I was, uh, I lived in London. Uh, from, I am from London. I lived in London. And at the time, um, you couldn't get your nails done anywhere uh, cool. So none of the cool places that I was hanging out in, in London, in central London, had anywhere to do your nails. It wasn't a thing that you did in the UK. But I loved these nails that I was getting done um, and I just couldn't understand why I couldn't get them done in central London. So this was the sort of birthing of this first business that I got into. I was passionate about nails, excited about them, and I saw a major gap in the market where uh, a, a really good nail salon would do well in central London. And that's how it started. So I had no money, had no experience, uh, I was young, and um, everybody thought I was mad to think about doing such a thing. Like, why would you open a nail salon? And, uh, but I, but I loved stores like Topshop and Selfridges, which is a really fabulous department store uh, on, on Oxford Street in London. And I thought if we could just open this open plan nail bar so that people could see what was happening, then they would sit down and get their nails done. And also one of the other things that I really thought was quite important was the fact that getting your nails done was a, is a very sociable it's a very social beauty uh, treatment. It's not the same as hair that, you know, 
most of the time you don't look great so you don't want to be seen it's not the same as a facial or a massage that needs privacy or waxing it's the nails is the one thing that you can do sitting out in the middle of the the, the store with loud music with a nice glass of champagne and you know and enjoy the view so i thought that being in the center of a department store and watching people shop and go by and the music would be amazing so it was a real sort of first of its kind idea and i thought that i could scale it and have you know a hundred of these nail bars across the uk you know overnight <laughs> wow <laughs> because, because so that's interesting so there was you saw the need you, you know clearly usually that's what it is it's like something that there's a need for it so you're like i would like to go to a nail bar so you wanted to create your own now what was the process like and now you said people thought you were crazy and you went right into say like you wanted to do this thing big and have you know multiple locations and scale it but how did we even get our start with it like what was that process like from from going from saying okay it's a solution that that is needed. I'm going to create a nail bar. Like, but how do you go through, like, take us through some of the steps that it took to create, start your business? So, so initially, because there's not nothing like it, um, because I think I was the actual, I think I actually created the open plan nail bar in department stores, because this is back in um, 1999. So there was nothing like it whatsoever. And um, so the first step was I started cut. I started cutting out clippings from magazines of what I wanted this place to look like. So I was just trying to visualize it first. The first step was trying to actually visualize this nail bar and how it would work. The second step was trying to understand what the process was. I remember I would get my nails done. So I would sit there and I'd think about, right, she has a jar of of tools she has the there's a selection of nail colors there's a table you know all the stuff that was needed to create that this this process then the timing how long does it take to do a set of nails what kind of different nails can we do you know manicures pedicures you know so you start to visualize this bar and then you start to visualize the process that a customer would go through when they arrived then from there i started to produce my spreadsheets okay how much is this going to cost how much is it going to cost to build this nail bar how much am i going to pay salaries how much is it going to cost to buy acrylic powder and so on and so forth so i put together a very clear pricing plan um and created this amazing business plan with beautiful imagery around how this nail bar was going to look because i had to go and find money now i needed money to to build it um so that's how it started so wow that's very interesting because it sounds like you know you had the vision and you could really see it and oftentimes i talk to entrepreneurs who start businesses and they don't even think out that far. Like you were just saying like how you were thinking about how it would look, the people that would work in there, the services that you would offer and all of these things. Is that something that you already knew to do when it, be, when it became time to start your business? Or is that something that you researched at once you decided you were gonna open this um, you know, nail salon? No, I mean, what uh, for me, I had to, I, for me, when the idea hit me and the fire in me just rose that I knew I had to make this because I was looking because, as I said, I was a born entrepreneur. I was looking for that idea that was going to get me out of my corporate job and and, you know, start me on my journey to entrepreneurship. And when that idea hit me, I was so fired up. I needed to visualize it and I needed to convert it into cash. I needed it to be money-making. I wasn't trying to start a business so that I wasn't going to make any money. Ultimately, it was about making money, having financial freedom and building a scale, a business that I thought was scalable. I didn't realize how difficult it is to scale a service business, but that was the beginning and I didn't know. So on paper, it looked very scalable and very doable. So that's why, uh, and with my mathematics background and, you know, and the fact that I was, that I was intending to start a real business, that's why I spent so much time sort of visualizing it and, and creating the business plan. Now, how did you go about getting it funded? 
So the funding was, it was a very interesting story because I found a angel investor pretty quickly because it was such an exciting idea um, that I went through a really long process, meeting with his lawyers, meeting with his um, accountant, discussing every inch and corner of this business plan. And after so many months and so many meetings and almost 100% there, I was just called one day and told, uh, sorry, Mr. X and Y will, will not be investing. And I remember kind of crumbling, thinking, what? Uh, what? After all, after everything that we've been, you know, talked about, all the work I've put in, every question I've answered. And so basically I had my, my eggs in one basket. I was pitching to only one investor and just believing that it was going to happen. So when it didn't happen, I was, you know, curled up under the du duvet for two weeks you know, thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then I just thought, that's it. I'm going to, I've got 5,000 pounds on my credit card. I'm going to go to the bank and tell the bank I've got a deal with Topshop and I've got 5,000 pounds and they need to give me 5,000 pounds. And that's literally how I did it. I got 5,000 pounds on my credit card. I got 5,000 pounds from the bank. I got 5,000 pounds from Prince's Trust. I got 5,000 pounds from a friend. And next thing I had 20,000 pounds, which is about $35,000, something like that. And I, uh, and I just went for it and I started. And I, and I even, if, even though I wasn't financially, you know, you don't start, you can start a business, you can start a single salon that way, no problem. But my plan was many. And what I really needed was a, was a much more serious investment uh, so that I could build them out without having to be profitable for a few years. But when you start with a very limited budget like that, then really what you need to be doing is building that one business until it becomes profitable and then moving on to the next one, if, if so. Otherwise, from a lifestyle perspective, one of those nail bars would have been just fine for me because they made a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So when did you expand? So you started this first one, like kind of take us through that. And then when did you decide to expand it at that point? So the, the thing about the expansion program was that because my plan was in department stores, you were always waiting for the department store to find space for you because they don't have space straight away. And it takes a long time to, to get buyers to pay attention and to, to suddenly find time for you. So the thing about the expansion was that when I'd opened the first one, which was like, oh, wow, you know, here we are on Oxford Street. Um, the second store was ready, ready for us. Oh, Ego, we've got space for you now, you know, like seven months later. And I have to say, <laughs> after opening the first one and realizing the depth of the work that needed to be done, you know, people always say to you, oh, starting your own business is going to be a lot of work. And I remember thinking, oh, work, I can work from morning to night. Don't worry about me and work like I can work. And I started the first salon and I remember thinking, oh, I mean, if you think you know what work is, you know nothing until you've opened your first salon, because especially one in a department store that's open Monday to Sunday and your counter has to be manned every single day of the week. It's not like, oh, today I don't feel like opening. We haven't got any bookings, so I won't open my shop on Monday. No, you are open all day, every day. And when your team doesn't show up, you're the one in charge. And when you're the one that pitched to the buyers, you're the one in charge. So at the end of the day, I've just found myself in the, in the store from Monday to Sunday, all, all hours of the day, I would get home, fall asleep on the sofa in my clothes, wake up in my clothes, shower, get back in the car, get back to the shop. So the, the prep, the, the work, the background work that needed to be done for the admin, the, the, the finance, uh, the, the, the planning for the next store was not getting done. I was on the shop floor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? All yes. the time. Yeah, you were living there basically from sun up to sundown. And that and that is a drawback from department stores because a lot of times they open, 
you know, like they may open at 10 a.m. and they're they close at 9 p.m. And if you have absolutely. a business in there, it has to be manned all those hours every single day. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, we're a nail bar, so we have so the service of the nail bar must be happening at all trading hours. So of course, the the when the second store then said we've got space for you, I you know it's like a dream come true. That's what you want the next salon, but. In all honesty, I wasn't financially ready. I wasn't physically ready. I hadn't found the right ops manager, the right salon manager to leave the first one and move on to the next one. But I did it anyway. I did it anyway. Wow. And I went on to make to 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 uh, open a further six of them. Um, and it was insane. It was insane work, insane hours. It was insane, exciting. It was, it was just, it was the, the deepest learning curve anybody could ever have gone through. I learned everything about salons in that period with those six salons. That's very interesting. I was going to ask you because the, one of the tips you gave was, and I think you, you gained this from your experience, was build what you have first, build that up and, and get that like a, a well-oiled running machine first and then add something right. onto it. But you were asked to open up something else before you were able to do that. Um, why do you think that is? Is Do you think it was, they saw the potential? Because it seems oh, yeah. like, or did you have some success? And they were like, okay, we can really grow and expand this. So we really want to put this in six more stores. Because I'm just thinking like, from the department store standpoint, if it wasn't financially doing as well, why would you open a second location, a third or fourth, if it's so on? No, we were heaving busy. We were super okay, successful. Okay, oh okay. no, don't, don't, don't get nothing. I'm talking about being the person that was the, the prop. What I'm talking about is the problem of not understanding what it takes to scale and the fact that in, in order to scale, one must build an organization first. And mm -hmm. I did not know that. All I knew was I was gonna open these nail bars. And if, and if I hired you, a uh, nail technician, why? Then you will work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, you know what I mean? And those would be your hours and that would be the end of it. But that's not how it works, is it? Because mm -hmm. people come to work when they feel like it. People come to work when they're inspired. People come to work when they like their boss. People come to work for various reasons. I was in a very sort of mechanical state. I just thought, listen, guys, this is the deal. It's the contract. This is, these are the days you're working, the hours you're working, and that's the end of it. And I'll leave you to it and you'll get on with it. But that's not how it works. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So being so young and having never run a business before, my one of my biggest learning curves was people management. I had to learn very quickly how to manage people because going from one store, opening the next store without the right organization of people in place, your, your first one starts to crumble, your second one starts to do well, but then before you know it, you're opening a third one. So it's a bit, it, it can be a little bit crazy like that. But I managed, uh, I found a really amazing uh, manager um, by the time I opened the second one. So, and she and I basically between the two of us and an, and an extra, um, like a supervisor manager, we managed to run the first three salons pretty well, I have to say. But then the last three were like the, the chain on the, on the neck. They started to really bring the whole uh, business down because they were further out, um, couldn't manage them as well. Some of them were not making as much money. And so all the, 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 the big money that we were making from the first two, three of them was being sucked into the last three that needed more, you know, growth time. I mean, it was just, it was just, a, it was just like a, a little bit of a stumbling block and then of course I was just maxed out I was too pushed and uh, and the other really big learning was that I had built all six of them on the floor of department stores and of course department stores can change their minds anytime and that's exactly what happened so our biggest um, department store was bought out by another by a, a, a totally different company and they had a completely different idea of what they wanted on the shop floor. And so 
just like that, after having built six of them and spent so much money, they just decided that they were going to change the, the nail bar to something else. And we lost the contract. And so I had, it was all gone. It crumbled basically under my hands. Had I, had I built one, at least one of the salons outside, you know, on a high street and built an online business that supported the salons. So there were sales of products online, then we might have survived leaving one particular um, department store. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So how long were you in business with the department store? Five years. Well, that's good. That's good. So you had a five year run. And so after that, like, I know that had to be hard, you know, going through all this, building it up, but it also, I know you learned a lot and I, I'm pretty sure that it helped you to get to where you are now. So kind of like, like, let's talk about like some like losing that business and going through that, share with us some of the things that you learned. So losing that business um, at the time, of course, felt like the end of the world. But mm. um, within within months of that, I realized the magic of it all. So I had I had learned so many lessons, lessons that no one could have ever taught me. Of course, it, of course, I could have had I started with a mentor, had I spent any time in a salon prior uh, to opening it, maybe I would have saved myself quite a few of those lessons. But but, uh, but, you know, I learned those lessons and I came out of it. And I remember sort of after, you know, crying for about a month, <laughs> I, I started to learn how to build websites. So one of the first things I started to learn that just started coming to me because I had started building a website for the salons. Uh, I'd hired a web designer and we were building an e-commerce site. And of course that came to a crashing halt when the whole thing came to an end. But, it, but I'd met this web designer who, and I said, so, so show me what it is that you're doing. So he taught me how to use Dreamweaver. I actually started to HTML coding. I learned how to build websites. I learned how to use Photoshop. I learned how to, to do so many things. And so I started to, so I started to learn how to uh, build websites. I started to learn how to use Photoshop. So I, I started to learn all of these things. And the other thing that I learned how to use was InDesign. And so what happened was that my phone started ringing a few months later, and it was all these big brands like um, uh, Crabtree and Evelyn, Revlon, uh, Sally Hansen, uh, asking because they wanted nail bars to do promos. And so, and my, because we, because I was quite popular having had these amazing nail bars, they, my number, I kept getting called London Fashion Week. Ego, we need a nail bar. Can you set one up? And I thought, sure, I can set up a nail bar for you in seconds. No problem. Of course, by that time I knew everything. And so before you knew it, I just had, I was just getting these calls. Big brands needed nail bars and beauty counters to promote new colors and stuff like that. So I started a consultancy called Miss Salon because I was Miss Salon at this point, queen of salons. And so I started this consultancy called Miss Salon. They, I was opening up nail bars and pop-ups and all of this stuff for other brands. And then on top of that, my former employees kept coming to me saying, Ego, how did you, how should I, I want to open a nail bar. How should I do it? I want to open a salon. How should I do it? And I thought, well, I can't keep telling this story and over and over again. I'm going to write books on how to open your own salon the right way. So I wrote this book called Open Your Own Salon the Right Way. I designed it, wrote it, and put it on InDesign myself because I'd learned how to do it. I built a website for the consultancy, and, uh, and I self-published the books, and I sold 14,000 copies of it to wow. at various, I know, it was insane what happened that year. I couldn't believe what had happened. And to be honest with you, I actually made more money as a consulting and with the books over that year than I'd made in, in the five years in the salons. So, wow, um, seriously, five, in, in five swear, years, wow. I swear wow. to God, because of, the, because of the profit margins, of course, the point is that you know, with the salon business, you've got high, you've got high costs. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 service intense, it's people intensive. So, um, you know, so there's a lot of costs in running those businesses, and then opening the next salon and the next salon. They were very beautiful. They were really 
beautiful salons, as in bespoke nail bars. Everything was amazing about this. So they cost a lot of money. So every time you made money, you were spending more, making money, you were spending more in, in the scaling process. But in the process, in this, in this consultancy, you know, through the book sales that were all my own because I didn't use an agent. So all the sales, all the, 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 the profits of the books were, were, came to me. Um, the consultancy, you know, I was writing business plans and, uh, you know, dealing with, with brands like Crabtree and Revlon. And, you know, that you can charge quite a bit to run a nail bar for them for a pop-up. So I made a lot of money that year. And I decided that that's what I was going to be, a consultant. Hey, it's Brandy Taylor, the beauty business coach. I help beauty pros get unstuck and create the beauty business of their dreams. It's truly my goal to help beauty pros work smarter and not harder. I feel that you can truly do what you love and make great money doing it and have a thriving beauty business. I want to see more of us do just that. I'm opening up my VIP beauty biz coaching program for 12 beauty bosses. If you're ready to level up your beauty business, to make more money, to work smarter and not harder, and maybe have some Saturdays off. Yes, you could definitely have Saturdays off if you build the beauty brand of your dreams. I would love to work with you. I would love to help you to create just that. I've worked with many beauty professionals on their beauty business goals, and this program is tailored just for you. Find out more about how you can work with me as your business coach by booking a call. You can check the link in the show notes. I hope to work with you soon. As always, stay great, and I'm out. That's interesting how... You had this experience with the nail bar. And after five years going through all that, open all those locations just to lose it. At that particular time, it I know it felt like a loss, like the world is over. What am I going to do now? But then just having the idea to say, okay, let me try the websites. And all of a sudden, you never know who's paying attention to you. And all these people are reaching out to you as the expert. So Part of it, a lot of times I think we have to go through things in life, not for us, but so that we can help other people. So Mm -hmm. I feel you had to go through that and experience the ups and downs of running that business and losing it and Mm. going through all of that so that you can help other business owners learn how to open a salon the right way. Because now you understand what not to do. Now you understand what it takes to scale and grow a business and you're able to educate on that. And that might've been a part of the plan. And it's interesting, like, cause we never really know like what the plan is, but that might've been a part of the plan for you to start educating and consulting. So tell us about like your consulting business. Like you were able to have these books now. So now you got these books, you've been consulting for a year and you're even, you know, you've made more money than you did in five years in your business. Like, like take us like where you're at now. Like, are you still consulting or? Oh gosh, no, no, no. So, so, so what's interesting about that is that, is that, so I'm, so I've now become at this point, I'm now the queen of salons. It's like Echo knows everything about salons. You want anything to do with salon, you speak to Echo, I will tell you. So I started, you know, so the consulting was doing great. It was lovely. It was also very um, um, rewarding to be called by successful salon owners who really wanted to boost sales or increase or make another or you know launch a second salon and i was and i was so privileged to be able to go into other people's businesses look at them and all of that sort of stuff and and help them do better um so but what happened was that i this was all in london i got married uh had kids and then uh my ex-husband at the time was offered a position in South Africa. So at the time, so because most of my business at this point, the consulting business was online, I didn't physically need to be in London anymore. And so I was quite happy to move to South Africa. So we were meant to move to South Africa for two years. We landed in Johannesburg and within one month of getting to Johannesburg, I thought I'm never leaving this country. I am in love. So basically I moved to Johannesburg with my children. And uh, within four months of coming to Johannesburg, and I'd never been here before or knew anybody from South Africa, I opened a salon. <laughs> wow. 
Uh, and basically everything that I'd ever known, if I was the queen of salons, then everything that I'd ever known about salons was coming into this one salon. And wow, did it work, Brandy. I, we basically have built an unbelievable brand here in South Africa called Miss Salon London because Miss Salon from my consulting, when I got to South Africa, I just added a London to it. So it's called Miss Salon London. And I have two amazing salons here with a business partner here. And then it was from these salons that we decided to launch the cosmetics line because the salons were so busy and the women, we had built so much trust and so much sort of enjoyment through this space that uh, my mother came to visit from the UK and she said, Ego, your salons are so busy. You have got to go and get that makeup from your sister in DC and start selling it in the salon. So this is where the story of our product starts because Natasha, my sister, who lives in Washington, DC, is a cosmetics chemist. She's a mechanical engineer. She's a scientist and she had basically started mixing these pure, clean beauty powders years ago because she was sick and tired of the stuff that she had to use. She wanted a more natural finish and much lighter finish. And uh, she has sensitive skin and I have severe acne, uh, well, had severe acne. And so we wanted a product that was easier and lighter and cleaner for the skin. And she basically formulated these things from scratch from her dining room table and then I flew over to DC I took a few bags of it back to South Africa and we started to jar it on my dining room table and label it and we put it in the salons and that was basically the major launch pad of the cosmetics the good mineral is now here in the United States um, and it's online direct to consumer uh, from www.thegoodmineral.com, but it's magic. Awesome, awesome. So it's interesting. Uh, did you have any hesitance because you know having a nail salon? I know it's all beauty. You would think like maybe you would add your own color, like nail color, like you know nail polish or something like that. So maybe you might do your own nail lacquers or something like that. But was there any hesitation to go into like cosmetics? No, no. So, so, so the cosmetics was again, like a little bit like the first businesses where it just, it was just a snowball. It started to happen. We, I went and I got the powders from Natasha and then we jarred it and we put it in the salon and then it sold out because it's excellent. So it sells out. So then Natasha mixes some more and then we put it out again and then again, it sells out. And then you get people you know, stopping me. I get, I go, to, I go out to a party and someone who I've never met before who comes, goes, you made me stop using Mac because you put me on your set on your, and now it's out of stock. And I think, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's out of stock. We've got it. You know, this woman is angry with me. <laughs> you know, so, so then, so then you realize that there's a real business here. There's a real business here and we've got to stop this makeshift production. We've got to actually get this production going. So that was so that's when I paid attention to manufacturing, logistics. We we invested a lot of money in the actual startup of, of the cosmetics because it was working. And then within and because it was working, a word of mouth spread. And we got invited into the, one of the largest department stores here uh, to do a pop-up with our makeup. And so we did a pop-up and uh, it sold out sold out in three days and so then they reordered more and then it sold out again in a week and then they reordered more and then it's and it just kept selling out and so people couldn't understand what is it about this product that is making everybody want it so much um but that was but that was the magic of what natasha had had mixed and it was the magic of the scenario that we had built here in south africa and now we've brought it to the u.s with with funding we've been fully funded um, because there's there's real potential to scale it. Now the good mineral, you you tell me you had like thirty something SKUs, but your hero product is the powders that you're referring to that were originally foundation. In the foundation powders. Now how yes. many like how many colors do you have? Now listen to this. Are you ready? We've uh -huh. got twelve shades. 
And then everyone goes 12 shades when this one's got 40 something and that one's got 35 and so on. And I want to tell you that the 12 shades are enough. Those 40 something shades, I'm you can't tell me that you don't think it's a nightmare trying to figure out which one is your shade when there are about seven of them that almost look exactly the same. Oh yeah, that one could work, that one could work. <laughs> yes, exactly. So what I want to say is that the thing about the mineral, the, these particular mineral formulations is that first of all, they're preservative free, fragrance free, synthetic dye free, talc free, they are amazingly clean. Um, and they will not cause any irritation on any type of skin, eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, acne, etc. But the thing about them is that they're adaptable. And I can tell because we have color, we have sold over 55,000 units and we have color matched, you know, women from beige to cocoa to caramel, every shade. And so we know we've done over 50,000 faces that these shades are enough. I can tell you what shade you are, Brandy, right here. Um, and that's how we're helping people color match. They just send in their selfies. We color match them. And if we get it wrong, which we hardly ever do, it's 99% right. We will send you the right one if we get it wrong. But uh, all we have is 12 shades and it's exactly what you need. That's an interesting system. Um, it must like, does it adjust or something? Like when you put it on to the cut, is that what you're saying? Like when it adjusts it's adaptable. Tone, adaptable to the skin tone? Okay. Yes, yes. I mean, it's not that sort of, it's not that uh, magic technology that just adapts. No, it's not that, that stuff that goes on white and then suddenly becomes your shade later. No, it's a lot more natural than that. It's just that the, sh the, the, the thing about the foundation is because it's got no fillers in it, it, it just melts and blends with your skin. So all the shades that you need are there. Awesome, awesome. Now, what other products do you carry? So the good mineral is uh, blushes. We've got 10 shades of blushes. We've got three contours, three bronzers, three highlighters, really lovely highlighters, 12 foundations and four fabulous brushes that really make all the difference. So one of our mottos is detox your makeup routine there's no need for all the layers the foundation is a three-in-one it's a concealer foundation and powder in one you don't need to do you know all this you don't need a ton of skill um, and you don't need a ton of time um, in order to, to to put on your face every day um, so we've got the full range and it's detox your makeup routine with makeup that loves you back Awesome. Do you have uh, plans to uh, expand it more? Like what are your plans, future plans for this brand? So we, do, we only just launched uh, in August 2021 in the US. Um, so this year for 2022, we will be doing a lot of visits to the US. We'll be doing a few pop-ups around the country. Um, and we will see if we can. We've just launched on Amazon.com, which is a really big deal. And um, we're going to see whether we can get into any of the other big stores as we go along. Awesome. Awesome. Now you've had a heck of an entrepreneurial journey for sure, Ego. So what is the <laughs> biggest lesson that you have learned on your entrepreneurial journey? Well, the biggest lesson that I've learned is that if you want a business that's going to make you a hundred million dollars, then you need to have a business that's going to easily scale. And so when you don't, when you, if you're going to, if you're going for that, then maybe a service business isn't the business. The right business is probably more product base, based. So um, that's definitely one of the learnings. Uh, one of the things that I want to say though, is that my um, salon businesses have provided me with a really good life. So if you're about a lifestyle business and you want to just do something that you're passionate about and live your life on a day-to-day -day basis, having a salon or two salons is actually quite an amazing and really enjoyable life to have, to be honest with you. As long as you don't tie yourself too much to the shop floor, as in you don't have customers that are yelling and screaming when they don't see you for five days, you know, then that's a problem. <laughs> So, you know, so if you so if you're the main hairdresser or you're the main nail technician or just beware that that isn't necessarily freedom, you know, because that's going to end up getting you tied down to a very 
specific timetable. So you want to you want to be able to train people to run your business for you. Um, so that's definitely a lesson that you need to, 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 to take on. Great tips for sure. What do you think has really contributed to your success? Because even though, you know, you went through the five years, you got knocked down, you got back up, did the consulting and the books, then you, you know, moved where you to, to Africa, opened a new space. Now you're doing the cosmetics and you're in America. You've had some success. So what do you thing has really contributed to that oh never say die just don't stop keep going I mean it's just you've got the resilience that you need to have in business is very very special it's a very different type of resilience it's not it's you know because at the end of the day this is your livelihood and it's your career right if you if you go down that path you decide this is my career this is what I'm doing. So when it doesn't work out, you haven't got a, um, an employer to go and complain to or, or, you, or the likelihood of you leaving and then going to find employment is very difficult after you've been your own boss for, for quite a long time. So do you know what I mean? So the fact is that it, you will get to days when bad days, when you've had issues with staff, when you've run out of cash, when your landlords are, are not you know, being fair or whatever it is, and you're the only one that can dig yourself out of it. So you've got to have a real resilience, a real strength, real grit in you to keep pushing through all of the ups and downs of business. And that's what I've got, I've got that. <laughs> right, right. It's definitely not for the faint of heart, right? No, no, it's not. Right, it's not at all. Now, where do you go for your source of inspiration? Like, is there a book? Is there a podcast? Is there meditations and mantras you do? Like, how do you get your inspiration? So a lot. So I have to say that one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is because I get a lot of inspiration from podcasts, hearing other entrepreneurs, especially ones that you consider to be super successful, talking about how they had to get through certain things or how many mistakes they made along the way. That kind of thing really makes you feel like, oh, it's not just me then. Right. It's not just me. So when you realize that it's not just you, that others, even really successful ones, have had crazy downs and almost um, bankruptcy and stuff like that, then you realize that you're um, you're not alone and it's okay, right? So, so that's one of my major inspirations. The other really big one is, of course, meditation. And I'm a big fan of um, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. I listen to that a lot because sometimes you just have to bring it all within, calm down, and then come back out again like a superstar. I love it. Let your Sasha come out, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Right. Awesome. Awesome. I think that's absolutely great. I do that as well. And you just actually reminded me, like, I, I probably need to, I've, I've listened to The Power of Now on Audible, and I think I'm going to listen to it again very soon. Because sometimes that can happen, too. Uh, as entrepreneurs, we forget to fill our cups. And it's very important, you know, to fill oh, your you cup. To. Mm -hmm. You have to fill your cup. Otherwise, you're not, you, you just can't keep going. Sometimes it's really, really exhausting, really exhausting. And I have to tell you, though, that my, my, in the last kind of three years of my business journey, I have calmed down a lot. And I have to say that um, I, I've never been more successful. But then who knows? Maybe that's just because I'm really experienced. So, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what the balance is, but the truth is that many years later, um, I kind of get it and I've kind of sort of, there's no more imposter syndrome. There's no more feeling like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I haven't done it right. I kind of realized that we're all, we're all doing it like this and this is how it works out. You know, you've got your own journey and the important thing is to just wake up every morning and keep going and keep enjoying it and enjoying it. And so the last three years for me has been has been a lot calmer and definitely some of my most successful years ever. I think 
you're onto something. And I, I, it could be from wisdom and experience, or it could just be that there was an affirmation that was, I was seeing, and it was just like, I don't chase, I attract, you know? And, and so it gets to a point where you're not chasing anymore, where you're not, you know, worried about everything and you just are calm and then you just manifest things easier. I've noticed that as I just like, before I was running, trying to do this move and trying to do that and trying, you know, and sometimes if you just stop and, you know, let everything fall as it will, and it, and it works out anyway, and you'll end up attracting, Maybe. you know, what you're supposed to attract and what, what you're what's supposed to come to you will come to you and it'll Absolutely. all work out. So it could, it could be wisdom and all of that, or it could just be that we just all need to calm down a little bit. Right. It just, I honestly, yes. honestly, honestly, I was on a, I was on a, on a webinar the other day talking to young people about starting their own business and you know, the, the, the host of it, she was so sort of like, and so what you've got to do is you've got to make this strategy and you've got to write this down. And then at the 9am, you've got to do this. And, and, and I remember just, and I was listening to it and I thought to myself, I used to do that. That's like, that's just like, that sounds like burnout to me because I'm sure that that's what happened to me. And, and then I just said, I think that you will find it's a very powerful thing to do to just calm down and listen to your inner self voice and move forward in with ease. Don't, I'm not saying sit and do nothing. You will work hard. You will work hard, but the work will come with ease and there'll be a very special flow about it. And that's, that's where I am now. So it's a very, and it's a very powerful place to be in business, I think. I think so too. Echo, it has been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Can you share with everybody one more time how they can find The Good Mineral and all of your information? Fantastic. So The Good Mineral is on Instagram at The Good Mineral or our website, www.thegoodmineral.com. And uh, you can find me on Instagram, Ego Iwegbu. Um, I'm always available to answer questions. Uh, I'm very good with the DMs. So if you have any business questions uh, for me, I'm there too. But if you want your color match, then you go to The Good Mineral. Yes. Awesome. Can you leave us with any parting words or advice? Oh, I think I said it. Be calm, be cool. Inhale, exhale, face your day. Don't be afraid. Do your thing. If, the, if it's in you to do it, do it. And don't worry, it's all going to work out. It always does. Ego iwibu, everybody. As always, stay great and we're out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you. So let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.